What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two on Two Out of Philly's podcast. Uh, not as happy of a note this time around. Our last episode, we made a pretty early mention of how it was one of our more positive episodes, and just like that, in classic Philly's fashion, <clears throat> excuse me, we followed up with um, well, a not so positive one. Uh, Bob, before we uh, before we dive into these past three series, um, how are you feeling today? Uh, not great. Not great. All right. That's, uh, well, I mean, that's, that's really setting the tone for, uh, for what we're about to talk about here. The Phillies had their first West Coast trip of the season. They went out to first Los Angeles, followed by San Francisco. Uh, they would drop four out of those six games to two of the best teams in the league. You know, uh, they deserve to at least have that caveat put on there, but as we look into the to how these games played out, they they had chances to to not do so poorly. Um, in that Dodgers series, they dropped two of three. Game one finished uh, with a score of three to one. We saw Spencer and Howard get the start. Uh, not too bad. He go four innings, giving up three runs. Connor Brogdon and uh, Bailey Falter come in and close things down. They only give up the three runs in the game, uh, but Dodgers pitching showed up as advertised. They they uh, you know held things down and. Phillies uh, just couldn't. They scored one run in the first on an RBI single by Bryce Harper, and that would be it. I mean, they, they just there was no more scoring from the Phillies, and um, but it was nice to see that the pitching on the Phillies side at least, you know, held things together and gave the offense a chance. It just wasn't meant to be. Game two, somewhat of a similar story. Uh, Phillies dropped this one five to three. Zach Eflin gets a start in this one. He goes five innings, giving up three earned runs. Uh, Phillies would also lose Gene Segura. Um, he injured his groin on a, on running to first base, and then Bryce Harper once again with um, with some back trouble. Now, granted, we have you know now looking back in hindsight, he does come back uh, pretty soon after. But Bob, are you concerned at all with with Bryce Harper's back? Uh, you know, he missed significant time last year. Uh, it was a problem all off season. He missed some time earlier this season. Now he tweaks it in this at bat. Is it? Are you worried that in the, you know that still ten ten plus years left on this contract? Is it something that worries you that you know the back could be a persistent problem for Bryce? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Worries that terrifies me. Um, I, I obviously I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if it's you know, a conditioning thing in the off season or if it's just uh, it could be solved with surgery. If surgery would be worse for it, I, I, it's just. But yeah, I am concerned, especially with the amount of time he's missed already this season. Um, and like I said, we've heard over the winter and during the spring of it being a nagging issue. So it's never like, the core, core injuries and back injuries to me worry me probably the most uh, because they, they was, those things can tend to linger and um, can really affect everything else in your body. Uh, I well, I can attest that to myself. I uh, am not an athlete. You know, maybe a little bit of breaking news what? here, but I, I myself am not a an all star baseball player. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been having back issues for the last two years, and it does it. It can really, it, you know, one bad day kind of sets you on a just on a bad streak for a week because it does it starts to creep into other parts of your body, and if it becomes chronic and something that just keeps popping up. You can't. He's you know he's got a violence. Well, I don't, violent might not be the best word, but the swing he has that big wide open, um, uh, you know, swing he puts in the ball. It it of course going to be impacted by uh, by back issues like that. So if this is something that's going to be uh, on repeat and something we're going to see season after season, yeah, that's it's not not something you wanted. The guy you gave all this money to now. You know how was supposed anybody supposed to see this coming? It's you know not something you can no. predict, um, but yeah, it's I think it's something we're going to be talking about for probably the rest of his contract. Uh, you know, I'm sure before the end of the season we may see it pop up again. And um, uh, similar story with Gene Segura. I mean, you know, obviously different contracts and whatnot, but Segura, this is his second or third time already this season. I believe he missed time. Did he missed last time last year, or maybe it was the year before. But um, you know, he's had repeated issues too. So. Um, and, you know, you've got DD that's been out. Uh, JT has missed time this year, so injuries are are playing a pretty decent role in um, you know hampering this team. Do do I think it's the main reason they are where they are now? But uh, I do think injuries are something that 
I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the things I read, but I don't I don't feel like injuries are brought up enough in terms of how how this team is performing. And you know, we'll, we'll um, we've seen Bryce come back already. Gene Segura seems like he could be back without any time on the on the injured list, and Didi's working his way back up. So you know, hopefully we'll we're on to a, on the horizon of a of a fully healthy lineup. Uh, game three. Saw the Phil against the Dodgers. Saw the Phillies uh, squeak out one win um, in their series in L.A. They get the two nothing shutout victory. Uh, Zach Wheeler gets the start here. He goes six innings. Jose Alvarado comes in for two clean innings, and Hector Neris gets the save. So they complete the shutout together. It's the first time the Dodgers were shut out in 139 games. Um, interesting note: the, uh, the Phillies brought out the red jerseys in this one. It's uh, I think the story was the team, the players themselves got together and they were uh, bored of the gray road gray jerseys uh, and decided they wanted to bring back these reds. I, I think the last time the reds were worn, other than spring training, they wore them, what was it, 2016, 2017? They were wearing them in some home day games. Uh, I remember Vince Velasquez, when he had that 16 uh, strikeout complete game at home, they were wearing the reds. Um, so I guess it's a new thing they're going to do on the road. They'd wear them later in the San Francisco series. Uh, I guess, well, it's a good as good a time as any, Bob. What's, give me a ranking of your uh, current Phillies jerseys. What are they? There's five right now, right? you got the home whites, the home cream, mm-hmm. uh, the powder blues, and then on the road you've got the grays and the reds. So where where do the reds rank up there for you in the, uh, in the Phillies jerseys? Uh, the reds probably rank third. Okay. For me, um, I love the powder blues. I probably my first. Then the regular home whites, then the reds, then the road grays, and then I maybe I'm an outlier here. I don't really care for the cream jerseys that much. Um, it's weird. I I don't I don't like them when I see them in stores. I don't like them uh, when I see it on TV. I like I like the cream jerseys better when I see it um, in person. Like I saw them the other. Um, the other week when when the, at the game, um, I like I like them better in person, but they're not they're not my favorite jersey. Um, there is another jersey that they only worn a couple of times since they wore them in the eighties, and they wore them a couple of times over the last few years. It's the um, it's the uh, maroon red jerseys. Those are the ones that I wish <laughs> yeah. uh, would be uh, used more. Um, we don't have many. Uh, jersey combinations. I would love to see the the old school maroon red ones be used like on the road more. Uh, I just love those jerseys. I, I I think I almost completely agree with your with your ranking. Um, I yeah, I have a similar feeling on the on the cream uh, alternates. I appreciate them for what they are. It's a little bit different, but I don't. They're not my favorite. Um, I probably would have swapped the cream and the and the grays and. Um, but your top three, I agree with the powder. How can you go wrong with those powder blues? They just look beautiful. The combination with the maroon, um, and then yeah, the home the home whites with the red pinstripes are just too uh, too classic to to you know not like. Um, and yeah, those mar- so uh, <laughs> with the maroons, do you do you go with the maroon pants too, or do you try to find a, a different uh, different pant combination with those? I like the whole the whole combination. The the yeah. the, the uncle. Larry meme for uh, McCutcheon. He's wearing that all maroon, yeah, uh, old school jersey. I, I love that jersey so much. Like, I wish yeah. I've only seen it happen over the last, like, we've seen it like five or six times over the last like five years. I would love if they said, "Hey, this is going to be our alternate road uniform." Sign me up for that. I, I'll take that all the time. Uh, yeah, I agree. I it's that's hard to disagree with because uh, they do look great, and yeah, the Uncle Larry thing with McCutcheon is is. That's such a cool picture, and that whole, you know, how that whole thing played out was was really neat. He's such a fun guy to have on the team. Um, I guess speaking of fun, just to make quick note in that in that game three, Kershaw got the start for the Dodgers, and uh, going into the game, Hoskins was what over thirty five, thirty six. He was on a huge skid, and he ends up uh, hitting a solo home run off of Kershaw out to left, and you know, part of the scoring there for the Phillies, and helps get them at least one win in that Dodgers series. So then it sends the, the team out to San Francisco uh, where they would take on um, Abe Kapler and the Giants. Game one doesn't go so well for the Phils. They drop that one 5-3. to Adubo Herrera and Andrew McCutcheon both hit home runs. That was uh, McCutcheon's second home run uh, on this road trip. 
Vince Velasquez got the start in this one. He goes four innings with four earned runs allowed. He threw 60 pitches between the first two innings in that one. And we just continue to see uh, issues with Velasquez. He just kind of is who he is at this point. He, uh, we had some bright spots from him and even, but even in his bright, bright spot games, he would only go five innings. I mean, it's just, I think we know what he is at this point. And um, it kind of, rolls into something i want to mention here and it's it's the starting pitchers in general for the phillies you know the game before Mm -hmm. the first game in that dodger series excuse me you saw spencer howard only able to go four even after a strong start vince velasquez in this one can only go four you think of some of the other guys that have been in the rotation this year matt moore i mean you know there was a game against the cardinals i don't think he got out of the second inning uh there's a problem with the phillies rotation and i'm not sure where to go you know what? What do you what do you do to patch up this rotation right now? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's probably what you have, what you have, unless they decide to go out and bring somebody in from outside the organization. Uh, but I don't really see that as a big need for them because I don't know if Dave thinks his team is worth spending money on right now mm-hmm. or spending prospects on right now. Um, the one guy that I'm worried about, uh, a guy I thought I have a great who who I thought would have a great year is uh, Eflin. Uh, yeah. He hasn't made it. He hasn't made it to the seventh inning or out of the seventh inning since his third start. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. So as, as the, his third start was the last time he went a complete seven innings. Um, as of that, he's gone like five or six or six and two thirds. Um, his ERA is in, in the fours. I thought it would be. Uh, you know, the middle of the high threes. Um, I just thought this would be a, a more of a breakout year for Eflin, and it's just hasn't turned out that way. Um, so that is concerning to me. That the Spencer Howard thing continues to boggle me. It's he, he threw, I think he threw a shutout in the minors, uh, last year, a couple years ago, and he went a complete game. He's throwing like 96 the whole game. And now he gets to the third or fourth inning, he throws like 91 or 92. Um, So the velocity, you talked about, you know, possibly him being a a bullpen piece in the future. That's not what you want uh, out of your top pitching prospect uh, is a guy who you hope will be a bullpen piece. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm very concerned with the staff. Yeah. And, and one guy I don't, I uh, don't want to forget about here is, is Aaron Nola. I mean, Aaron Nola, well, 2018 it was that he finished what third for the for the Cy Young mm-hmm. voting and yep. um you know he's had it's not like he's had bad seasons since then but he has not been able to replicate uh, those same numbers and um you know this season alone so going into this next uh, game against the Giants uh, like I said Philly dropped that game one five to three uh, you know they went up against Johnny Cueto who had a quality start for the Giants there. Game two here, uh, Phillies end up losing this one 13-6. Um, I'm sorry, winning this one 13-6. I just, at this point, I just assume that's... Yeah, uh, you just assume we're going to lose everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, yeah, they win this one 13-6, but um, Aaron Nola wasn't a huge help in this one. He goes th- uh, just two and a third innings to uh, to start the game, and uh, he ends up giving up six earned runs uh, against the Giants. Now, I mean, the Giants are a good ball club, but... Uh, that's not what you expect out of Aaron Nola, uh, you know, at least uh, career trend wise. Um, mm-hmm. So, like I said, two two and a third innings, he gives up the six earned runs, three walks, only manages one strikeout, two home runs. So, there's aside from Zach Wheeler, and we'll we'll get into his most recent start in a second here. Um, but aside from Zach Wheeler, there's just this rotation. There's nothing that you can point to in these last few weeks that that is encouraging and. Yeah. yeah, like you said, is there anybody in the front office that sees this team as worthy of having money spent on it, of signing a free agent, of making a trade? There's just, you know, I think it's just more wait and see and just, um, yeah, you know, it's, pe- it's, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it's very weird. And it's, what's also the thing is that it's still, you know, we're only in June. There's still, you know, a few months away for the season to be done. We're only five games out, so you're in that spot of like, well, you're still kind of in it, and you still should try to fight for it. Um, so it's we're in a weird position. I, I would much rather be like 
20 games out and just be like, okay, well, let's, yeah. see what, let's see what we have in the minors and bring everybody up. That's, that's uh-huh. the kind of mood I'd be in. Um, but I, let me pose a question to you. Um, a, a guy who's been very helpful out of the bullpen, he actually won that game out in uh, San Francisco. What are your thoughts on possibly putting Ranger Suarez in the rotation? Yeah, I, I'm really glad you brought him up because, I mean, there's a case for him being the MVP of this team to this point if it weren't for Zach Wheeler because he has come into so many of these games and just just been incredible. Um, we've seen, you know, he's gotten turns in the rotation before, and it, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't awful either. Um, but <laughs> at this point, what is there to lose? I mean, well, actually, there is something to lose because he is, at this point, to me, he's the most reliable arm in that bullpen. So mm-hmm. you're taking already a depleted bullpen, which that's another topic we're going to get to in a little bit here. But you're taking an already depleted bullpen or an underperforming bullpen, whatever you want to call it, and you're going to take possibly the best guy out and try to put him in the rotation. And it's just, okay, so you, you, maybe you improve the rotation a little bit. But um, do we even know how, how many innings um, Ranger can go? Because he seems... You know, when he comes in relief, he usually at most goes three innings. So I'm not even sure if you're if you'd be getting, um, you know, these long quality starts from him. Um, but again, then it just all goes back to what you know. What other options do you have? A team that's on the skid right now and and looking for any kind of help. Maybe you do, um, you know, throw him out there, um, you know, and give him a start. Uh, but it doesn't look like they're going to do that because with uh, the doubleheader against the Mets tomorrow, I believe Girardi has already announced that Matt Moore is going to start uh, one of the two yeah. games. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It's it's just going to be more of the same. So, yeah, I, I I guess to answer the question, I don't think I'd take him out right now only because he is so reliable in the bullpen. Um, but, you know, then what what do you do with the rotation? I don't know. Maybe Matt Moore finds something in this in his return here, but I don't have high hopes for it. And I don't think anybody else really does either. And uh, you know, that's kinda at the at where we are with the Phillies at this point. Um I wanna I want to close out that game there that the Phillies did win. Uh we get we saw doubles from uh, from Harper, from Torres, from Hoskins, Luke Williams, and JT Romuto all collected doubles in that one. Reese Hoskins hit two home runs in the game, and Ronald Torres hit his second home run of the season as well. Uh, Reese would collect six RBIs in this game. That was a career high for him, I think, twice before he had had five. Um, it, I guess it's a good time to, to talk a little bit about Reese because, you know, we spoke about how going into the Dodgers series, he was over, I think it was 35 or 39. Um, and now over the, since that, um, since that home run against the Dodgers, uh, you know, he's hitting close to 300. Um, you know, he's got a couple walks in there. His power numbers are up a bit. He's got four home runs total. Uh, you know, it's it seems to have been this season that there's always one guy that's hot. You know, Reese gets on it. Reese gets going, and then you know Harper and JT struggle, and then Bryce Scott, you know, was on fire to start the season, and then um, you know Reese and JT kind of not bad, but you know, not on their best game, and you know we've seen JT go on streaks and you know, even though he's he's remained pretty consistent um are you still are you okay with with reese being the everyday guy here for the foreseeable future with with how streaky he can be i mean i i, I think at you know maybe a year or two ago we had we had hope that reese could um you know flatten out a bit and get more consistent but now Similar to how we talked about Velasquez earlier, you know who he is. I think we know who Reese is. I think we know that Reese is a very up and down streaky guy. So, are you okay with him in the lineup, or would you rather see some sort of move happen to get a guy that's a little more consistent? Um, I guess at the plate and in the field. Um, you know what? For me, it's more the fact that uh, I think maybe not the season, but maybe the off season is that you're going to have to make moves to better this team. And who do you have that you can really move that has uh, some sort of, uh, you know, value to them. Um, So I think if anything, I can see Reese being part of a, uh, a way to fix this team. Uh, I like Reese. Uh, I like, um, you know, the player he is. I don't like that he is, as you say, very inconsistent at times. Um, but for me, I think it's 
um, his fate is going to be more based on the fact that they're going to make, need to make a decision. That decision is to um, speed up the timeline and, and try to win sooner. And his number may be called to uh, be part of a trade to bring some other pieces in, in here. Yeah, and I do think he is probably the least of their worries. I, you know, I think you you take a you know a, a week and a half stretch where he's not hitting particularly well, and you, you deal with it because you know that you know, soon he'll turn it around. So I, I I think he's the least of the worries. But yes, he will also likely be a casualty if they decide that they need to you know try to do a a, a quick and dirty rebuild because uh, clearly the decade plus one they've been working on. Um, hasn't worked, and uh, you know, with with Harper in his prime now, and JT in his prime, there there's gonna need to be talk about some form of a you know one year turnaround or whatever, something a la the Red Sox where they you know won that won that championship, you know, had a year or two that were bad, and now they're right back in it. So, um, but <laughs> the problem is that is there anybody in this front office that can lead something like that, and? You have Dombrowski, yes, that was that was just with the Red Sox, but I don't think he's been the catalyst. I don't I don't think the moves he made were the catalyst to where that team is now. I think that's the new regime that's there in Boston. So I yeah. don't know. It's it's um Yeah, I mean I I was not um initially a huge fan of the um the, the Dombrowski hire. Um and I don't have any notes in front of me to reference here, but there are, or there have been some moves that he made in Boston that did really help the team. Um, and there's some, there's some moves where he, he brought up some contracts and stuff that ended up being, uh, causing issues for them, but he did help that organization win. And I, I do think, um, I do think we're going to see a proactive Dombrowski in the off season. It's just a matter of whether it's a proactive Dombrowski because he's making trades or it's a proactive Dombrowski because he, he, he has convinced uh, Middleton to open up the wallet and just bring people in uh, with money instead of prospects. Um, so I, I, I'm going to give Dombrowski uh, this next offseason to see what he can do for this team. Um, but there are some players like Reese Hoskins who I fear for uh, that may be on chopping blocks. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all valid. It's now that we're seeing how this team is performing as a whole, even though it's not completely healthy, and um, you know we are going to see. Uh, I, although, I mean, McCutcheon has had uh, quite a season, and you know he's put up the power numbers, and he can still produce. Uh, but I think this probably will be the last time you see McCutcheon in a Phillies uniform. This will probably be the last. Or oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Didi's got another season here, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember Gene Segura might be done under this season too. So yeah, you you might be seeing a few new starters in the in the lineup next year, and yeah, we'll see if that uh, that includes uh, Reese or not over at first. Uh, yeah, to close, I, I, uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. I I just wanted to add like uh you know to be a positive because there's we've talked about uh, in the past Reese's struggles. Uh, Bohm has been uh, yes really well uh, this month. He's bad in. Uh, I believe it was like 371 this mm-hmm. month. Yeah. Um, so his, his average has climbed uh, over 40 points um, wow. in, in the three weeks that we've been in June. Um, so he's a guy that I love uh, to see that increase. Uh, I was pointing out to friends of mine when we were at the Yankees game, um, the fact that Bohm had two hits in the game I went to. Both were, uh, one was opposite field, one was up the middle, which is a great sign for him. Mm-hmm. He, he's an all-fields hitter and him not pulling the ball was, was a great sign to me. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about um, the fact that Didi has another year left. In fact, that maybe da, uh, Dabrowski makes some moves in the offseason. Uh, just the other day, uh, Bryson Stott, the Phillies young shortstop prospect, just hit his ninth home run in the minors really? this season. Uh, so he's batting 294 now in double A. Hmm. Um, so that is something to look out for. Also, a big friend of uh bryce harper um so who knows uh maybe if it happens i'm not saying it will happen but maybe if they find a suitor for uh dd uh we could see bryson stott uh sooner rather than later i do think uh if dd even if dd stays in their year 
uh, we'll see Bryson at least in two years. Yeah, I, I, I've, with all that information and, and what's going on with this team, I, I do think he'll probably be up here sooner than later. And yeah, it would be, um, you know, it, it'd be nice to have one that you know, comes up and, and really, um, really performs well. And, you know, a la Alec Bohm, you know, now that he's kind of getting back on a streak, um, just looking back on uh, his June, as you were talking about here, uh, he's got seven multi-hit games, including uh, four hits in the most recent game against the Nationals. He had a three-hit game um, in the uh, in the second game against San Francisco. So yeah, he uh, you know really is uh, figuring out how to how to inside out the ball and uh, no home runs this month. But I, I'm not too worried about that. That's I think that's something he's he's clearly built to you know he'll have power and that'll be something that comes around. I'd rather him work on the on the small ball now and and get these hits Absolutely. in than. Yeah, and let the power Absolutely. come. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd that. rather him be the player that we thought we were getting, which was a, a guy who would hit for high average and hit the ball over place. Mm-hmm. I'd rather him be an RBI guy. And you're right, he has so much strength, and he'll develop more strength as he, get, as he gets older, that a lot of those hits will go over the wall. Um, so I have I have no worry about that. I'd rather him be the, the high average, high RBI can really rely on him in tough situations, which we have uh, been able to. His, his average after the seventh inning has been great, uh, especially with runners on. So, uh, yeah, I, him his power numbers right now are not a worry to me. Uh, I just love seeing that average go up. Yep, and just to go back kind of into our talk about Hoskins, um, you know, the Boom would certainly be capable of moving over to first if, um, you know, they move Reese for some other, you know, sort of... Uh, sort of position and you know you move boom to first and do something else to third base so it's all um you know there's there's a couple of options that could play out and mm-hmm. i think it'll I think a lot of it will have to do with how this you know the rest of the season goes um mm-hmm. just to close out that san francisco series the phillies do drop the last game of that one uh they fall 11 to 2 jt romuto goes three for four in that game with a double and a home run he collects the only two rbis for the team uh once again zach Eflin gets the start he goes five innings, giving up seven runs. Spencer Howard came in in relief later on. He'd go in an inning, an inning and two thirds, giving up two earned runs. And everyone's favorite, David Hale, comes in for an inning. He gives up two earned runs as well. Uh, just to, as a as a capper on this um, uh, giant series, I we've talked about Gabe Kapler before, sort of in uh-huh. jest, but somewhat seriously as well. I, I, I am curious to see. If you think is his managerial style playing a role at all in their success, or is it more of the um, they'd already had a, a team in place and a system in place there, and he was kind of just the icing on the cake? How, how, how are you viewing that that success out there? Uh, very tough for me, uh, especially with it being a team in the West Coast that we don't see as often. Um, it's, it would be much easier if it was like a closer team that was easier to watch. Um, and I would say probably more of the fact that it is uh, more of a team. Um, they have more of their veteran leadership still there from past teams. Um, I, I do like the system that they have in there. I think the system of uh, the analytics system or the scouting system, whatever you want to call it, there I think is um, – a little further along than it is here in Philadelphia. Um, so I think it's more the situation he's in. Um, but like I said, it, it's tough for me to really put my finger on what exactly it is, whether it's him or the system or the team itself, because it's just not a team that I read a lot about or see a lot uh, because they are on the West Coast. Yeah, that they're, they're all those are all great points, um, and we are also only what uh, not even to the All Star break yet, and um, there's still a whole half a season to go. Um, uh, Granny, we you know we we saw how they played last year, but uh, I I do think it was a case of he just he fit better he fit in better there than he did here for multiple reasons. You know the the way the front office was set up, the way the team was built, very analytically, and just the I guess just the the atmosphere of, of the San Francisco team. It's a little more, I think it's a little more relaxed out there. And whereas, you know, if all Philadelphia sports are much more, um, I guess in your face and, uh, much more, um, just tougher. It, it is tougher. And, you know, some people like to point out that, you know, you got to be tough to play here. And, 
whatever. I, I sometimes the I think Philly fans and just the people who watch Philly sports in general get a little too um get a little too crazy with it. But uh, I as much as I you know obviously I am a fan of Kapler. I, it was never going to work here. Just there was just a, too many reasons it wasn't going to work here. And I, I you know I'm happy to see that he's doing well out there. And um you know maybe in a year's time we'll be talking about how he. You know, manager of the year, or whatever. We'll, you know, or maybe there's another collapse that that, that happens out in San Francisco in, in September. So, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll I mean, it, yeah, it's. I'm sorry. Just it's also to you know should be said that their pitching has been really good. Yes. Um. I mean, yep. if you look at the run differential, it's still at over a hundred. Uh, it's the highest run differential. Uh, sorry. Wow. Se- second highest run differential. Uh, in baseball, Houston has the highest. That's crazy. Um, I did not know it was that is that is that's crazy. That is yes. that's an insane number, yeah. So I mean the pitching has really held up. Um now with that you can argue both ways. You can argue, well, pitching, you know, without looking at the stats, like I don't have every stat in front of me. I know uh Gossman has been really good for them. Yep. Um but like I don't know exactly how well the bullpen is that the bullpen seemed to be doing okay job when I was watching him this weekend. Uh, And you you can say, well, bullpens can flux year in and year out. I get that. Um, So it's, you know, but their pitching staff is, you know, compared to ours, is doing a hell of a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, And the old adage of uh, pitching wins championships, um, you know, is is an adage because it's usually true. Yep. Um, So, Credit to the Giants and Gabe Kapler. You know, we'll we'll see in time what the you know the real uh, linchpin over there was for them. Well, the late, uh, last two games that the Phillies played in this um, in this stretch since the last time we spoke to you guys, uh, two games they had against the Nationals, and uh, and I said to Bob before we started recording here, this this series alone we could have got an entire you know podcast out of just with with what went on. Uh, so. I believe it was Monday that MLB instituted the new rules um, where pitchers were going to be inspected for um, substances anywhere on their body, on the hat, um, on their you know, wrist, on the glove, on the belt, any kind of, they're cracking down on the use of sticky substances to, to grip the ball and, you know, get those high spin rates on the, on the breaking pitches. So MLB has instituted a new rule where uh, between innings, the umpires will be checking. And I don't know the specifics as far as how often they're supposed to check or if there's certain innings they got to check, but they are checking these pitchers to see if, um, you know, they're, they're doing anything illegal. And at its core, I like that they're cracking down on this because mm-hmm. I think it's evident that something's going on and something needs to change. Mm-hmm. I don't like this approach to it. I, I, I'm not, you know, saying I have a better suggestion, but clearly, well, let's let's get into the first game and, and see how things played out. So, game one against uh, against the Nationals, um, Phillies drop this one three to two. Uh, Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins each collect solo home runs. Um, this one, this game saw Zach Wheeler go up against Max Scherzer again. We just saw this matchup uh, a couple weeks ago in in South Philly as well. Uh, Zach Wheeler did not actually neither pitcher uh, pitched as well as they had that first time. This game, Zach Wheeler is only able to go three innings, gives up three earned runs. He threw seventy six pitches in those in those three innings. Um, I was at the game, so Bob, I, I I may have missed. Was there any kind of injury concern or anything as far as why Wheeler came out, or was it just kind of just a high workload and not wanting to push him too far? Uh, no, there was no, of my recollection, any injury concern with with Wheeler. Uh, I, I just I think it was just a he didn't have it sort of feeling yep. uh, with him, uh, which I mean, w- you know, out of one start, I'm not gonna panic. I'm, not, I'm sure that's that's gonna be a question you're gonna ask. I'm not worried <laughs> about Wheeler right now. Uh, it was just one sort of odd start. Um, you know, if it's if this can become a trend, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll worry. But uh, no, I, I think yeah, and, and I'm. Hoping mainly that this is just a blip on the radar for uh, Zach Wheeler, who's had a tremendous season. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a great look, but every pitcher, unless you're Jacob Degrom, every pitcher not named Jacob Degrom is going to have you know appearances like this where um, it just gets a little 
little out of hand and yeah i'm not um yeah i'm not too worried about it and um you know he'll probably be just fine his next time out um so like i said on the other on the other side max scherzer gets to start for um for the nationals and and both guys a couple times get checked after i think it was after the first and after the third they both got checked on their way back to the to the dugout and um wheeler uh you know complied and let them you know do what they need to do and, and scherzer complied too but you could see right away he was a little um uh unhappy with it might not be the best word. Yeah, yeah. The way he kind of just lazily threw his glove out there and mm-hmm. you can just body language wise he wasn't happy with it. And and I understand not being happy with it. Like I said, this I still don't think this at all is the way to approach this, but uh you know, MLB's trying something here. So then we get into the fourth inning. Um Scherzer is facing off against Alec Bohm. He ends up striking him out. There was a pitch where um it kind of got away from him and he um Almost plunked Alec Bohm on the head, um, and as Alec Bohm's coming back to the dugout, um, from my perspective, when I was sitting at the game, I, I suddenly I see the umpires coming together, and um, you know they're getting together. I think over by the Phillies dugout or somewhere over there, and then all of a sudden I see Scherzer throwing his his glove on the ground and his hat on the ground, um, and I'm like, what? You know, I thought maybe he got caught with something. Uh, so it turns out Girardi had asked the umpires to to check Scherzer. Uh, for you know whatever substances, and this this is something that the teams are allowed to do, and I think they were allowed to do mm-hmm. it even before this. You were allowed to ask for pitchers to be checked if you were suspicious of something, mm-hmm. and so the umpires um, they go out there, and um, I guess that Girardi, because after the game, Girardi mentioned how he saw Scherzer putting his hands through his hair, which is something he you know. It, he you know managed against Scherzer many times in his career, both in the AL and the NL, and he claims it's something he's never seen Scherzer do before. You know, putting the hands through the hair like that. So I guess the umpires took note of that and then went out and said the same thing to Scherzer. And you can see Scherzer, um, you know, mouthing something about it's just sweat. You know, I'm, I'm rubbing my head, whatever. Uh, after the game, he talked about how you know it was a pretty cool night, and um, so he wasn't normally he would get the sweat from the back of his head and use that to try to group up the ball. Um, but because it was a cool night, he wasn't getting that same, um, that same sweat on the back of his neck. So then, you know, he was trying to pull it from his head and the poor umpire that had to run his hands through Max Scherzer's hair and, uh, you know, feel and make sure there was no kind of gel in there or anything like that, that he was using. The whole situation was just so, um, ludicrous. And, um, I don't think anything after that inning happened, but then after the fifth, uh, Scherzer would come out, um, you know, he was walking out to the, Back to the dugout, it was um, going to be his last inning regardless, and he kind of stared down Girardi, and Girardi did not like it. He came up to the top step, and then there was a conversation with uh, one of the Nationals bench coaches that used to coach with uh, Joe in New York, and it just became a whole thing, and Girardi eventually gets ejected. What? I... Uh, so did uh, Scherzer, right? Uh, Scherzer was uh, not ejected now. It was just, just Girardi. You're right. Yeah, Scherzer was just coming out of the game anyway. I think he had thrown a hundred and something pitches at that point. And yeah. you know, he, he it, I guess my question is, do, was that a was it a Bush League move? I mean, the, the consensus that I that I saw on you know some of the online forums and and some of the posts about this that a lot of people were calling Girardi you know cheap and and uh, you know the, Mike Rizzo, the GM of the Nationals, called him a con artist, which I thought was a little too far. But yeah. um, you know, a, a lot of people saying it was just a crappy move for Girardi pull-off. Do you see it that way? Did you see it as as poor gamesmanship, poor sportsmanship at all? Um, It is... If I was in Girardi's shoes, I, I would probably use similar tactics, but I think it's also up to MLB to later on hopefully fix this rule and not allow it to be used as a tactic against players. I know exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to get... Uh, the similar result. He was trying to get Scherzer thrown off his game um, and, and anything to annoy him because he knew uh, he, he probably didn't know like at the beginning of the game, but he probably knew after the first time that he, he was checked at all. Scherzer doesn't like to be checked that much and there's no rule against how many times you're allowed to check somebody. Uh, someone I saw online suggested, well, maybe they should take away the challenges um, as a deterrent uh, for yeah. uh, ch- for checking, but I think Girardi saw the first time that they checked him. Like, okay, what? Well, we we can do it as many times as we want. Maybe we'll just do this and hopefully throw off Scherzer, uh, especially because you know our ace wasn't having uh, a great game. He wasn't uh, on his command. Uh, but after the game, I know Scherzer was was really upset. Uh, 
Zach Wheeler took it in stride. He's like, I don't care about being checked. That's fine. I took me as many times as you want. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it's in MLB's. I mean, I would do the same thing as Girardi, but I think it's MLB's decision to, or hopefully to fix this and not let it become a tactic that managers can use. Um, I mean, I remember uh, years ago when uh, when Brett Myers was a Philly, uh, they were playing a game in Miami, and the Marlins made Brett Myers wear long sleeves mm. uh, because they said that they said his tattoos were distracting. Um, it was a hot game in Miami, yeah. Um, so people thought, okay, that's a tactic that they're going to use to make him sweat on the mound with long sleeves on, yeah, in a ninety-five plus degree game. Um, so I I don't like rules like this being used to manipulate the game mm-hmm. in yeah. this way. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly when you said in the beginning that you don't like the cheat. I don't like the cheat either. I think this stuff needs to be cracked down on. Um, but I just the way they're doing it right now, especially with the videos you're seeing that other games of pitchers' gloves being taken away and uh, Sergio Ramo basically almost taking his entire yeah. uniform off. Yeah, uh, and, and that Romo thing was a little um, was a little over the top. I think it was a little oh, disrespectful yeah. to that umpire. You know, the the umpire now you can separately talk about the bad umpiring this year and 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 what's going on. But in that mm-hmm. moment, you know that the umpire wasn't at fault for what was going on there. That's, you know, that's what his bosses are telling him to do. And I, I think that was a little, a little too much from Romo to, to, to show up the umpire like that. But um, I, I just, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I, I didn't see it. I don't know. I, I guess part of it was a tactic by Girardi to try to throw off Scherzer, but I, I do think there may have been a little bit of concern from him, but at the same time, Scherzer had already been checked twice. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I may be playing a little bit of a homer here, but um I yeah. I don't know. I, I, I felt like Girardi was getting a little too much um too much uh flack for for what went on there and I don't know but you're you're right. it's gonna be something that's gonna continue to go until until these new you know, whatever rules are gonna get put in and it's gonna continue to be something that is gonna yeah. distract from the actual games. Yeah, it was it was very weird. I remember I, I don't I don't believe it was in this game. I think it was in the, the next game. Yeah, I think it was in game two of the series. Uh, you know, David Hale, I believe, came off the mound and they're going to commercial break and you see the umpire run down from first base and check his glove. It's just a weird thing to see. Like, I don't... Yeah. I don't really like it. It's just like... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I get it. And uh, I'm sure you've seen the video of uh, Trevor Bauer talking to uh, people from, I believe, it's with ESPN with the rosin and the sweat and how it sticks to your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are legal ways to get advantages and there are not legal ways to get advantages. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to see players cheat. Um, but this rule just ain't it. Yeah. Yep. And we'll see how it evolve. Hopefully it'll all evolve throughout the year and, and we'll get a more streamlined approach to how to solve this. But uh, to close out that, that game, one of that two, quick two game series, uh, the Phillies did drop it. Like I said, three to two, they had a chance in the ninth. Alec Bohm, as we said, has been hot this uh, this month of June, and he leads the ninth off with a double. Uh, Ronald Torres would end up getting hit by a pitch, and um, newly uh, newly called up Matt Veerling, I think is how you pronounce his name. He um, mm-hmm. yep. he would he collect a hit as well. They'd load the bases with one away, and Odubel Herrera and Hoskins just couldn't come through there and um, you know score the tying run. So Phillies dropped that first game three to two. Game two. <laughs> we uh, we quick texted about it yesterday. This may have been the worst regular season loss I've ever yeah. seen. I yeah. what a, so final score thirteen to twelve uh, in favor of the Nationals. It was bad. Uh, it was at bad. three different at three different points in the game, the Phillies had a five run lead, a four run lead, and a one run lead going into the ninth, and they just blew every every opportunity um you know they scored five runs early early in the game um and velasquez uh just couldn't hold it down he you know imploded in the fifth inning um in the i think it was what the fifth of the sixth inning cutch andrew mccutcher comes in for a pinch hit grand slam and you know all of a sudden they're up nine to five and still the bullpen could just not hold that lead and um despite uh travis jankowski collects three hits in this game he had a three-run home run himself and a double as well alec boom with two uh sorry four hits um and it, it just didn't matter because every every guy that came out of the bullpen just could not hold things together but the one guy i want to focus on 
is Hector Neris. Uh, he blows the one run say or one run lead that they had in the ninth inning. Uh, he's blown three out of his last five save opportunities. Bob, I think we've both defended Hector Neris in this podcast before, uh, but is it possibly time for the Phillies to uh, to go somewhere else in the uh, in the closer's role? Yes, uh, I think it is. Um, I, I think it's time to go somewhere else. Um, but I, another point I want to bring up, and it's sort of been an issue with me all season, is the way Girardi uses the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they he, they brought in David Hale. Uh, in this game, who yeah. uh, has been used mostly in mop-up roles because, well, he's David Hale and he hasn't been <laughs> very good. Um, yeah. Why didn't they go to Brogdon or somebody else in that role? Um, you had a day off two days prior. Uh, Brogdon only went like an inning and in the third, maybe, in the last game. Um, and then you have a day off the, fo- the next day. Um, wh- wh- what was you know what was his rationale on on that um, well yeah and i guess more is when i in a, in a two-thirds like maybe that's more okay i get it he went in a two-thirds but he was still available like i don't get the even falter was uh you know doing well I, I just the way he's used the bullpen and his rationale sometimes just doesn't uh really hit home with me well i, I do want to mention because after the game he he was asked about that um I, I believe he said Brogdon and um, Rangers Warriors were both unavailable for the game. And I'm not saying that to defend him. I'm saying that because why were they unavailable? I, you just, yeah. like you just said, they were off Monday. They're off today. Um, I, I don't know. To me, it seems silly that neither guy would be available. Suarez, okay, makes a little more sense. He threw more, but there's no reason Brogdon couldn't have come in. And uh, Yeah, I, and I believe that's been a... A criticism of Girardi in the past when he was with the Yankees. It's uh, his management of the bullpen. He's known for not uh, particularly putting guys in the best situations. Now, to go with that, it's not like he has a ton of great options to go to out there as it is, but mm-hmm. there certainly are situations where, yeah, you're right. They're, they're, it feels like there were much better options to, to, to go to and yeah, I mean, it bit them yesterday, and 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 so um, I guess as we finish talking about this game here, what, what who do you, I mean, who who do you go to if if Naris isn't your guy? To me, there's one clear option and one possible option, uh, maybe two you know, side options, but I think there's one clear guy right now that I'd go to. But I'm curious who your who your closure would be to replace Naris right now. Uh, my first choice is. Uh... It's it's probably a weird choice because he hasn't been doing great. But my first choice is Archie Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it is. Uh, I know he hasn't done amazing this season. His ERA is over four. But I think with some guys, and I think Archie is fits his category. Is once you're the guy at the end of the game, the mentality changes. Absolutely. Uh, I think you saw that with uh, Brett Myers when, when Brett Myers was the guy at the end of the game. Yep. The mentality of his changes. So I would give it to him and let him run with it. If he stumbles, um, my number two would be uh, Connor Brogdon. Uh, how about you? Oh, okay. Uh, my number one is Jose Alvarado. And I know that you could put, put uh, excuse me, you could point to uh, quite a few of his appearances where he comes in, he's very wild and mm-hmm. you know gives up his walks. Uh, but I do think, you know, we've, we've seen him go against go up against the Dodgers. We saw him go up against the Giants and we saw him in this national series. Um, you know, put up some, some pretty, um, pretty good, uh, pretty good appearances. So, and I don't remember if he had, he probably had a few closing opportunities with the Rays, but I just, um, I think it's similar to what you were just saying about Archie Bradley, where once you put a guy into, uh, into that closures role, it just changes your whole mentality. And, you know, I, Alvarado has been on a, on a streak recently where the, the walks have been down and the uh, putting the ball in the zone has been has been up. And I mean, the, the guy throws a hundred and hundred and one mile an hour sinker. So that's the kind of guy, at least to me, you want to see um, coming out of uh, coming out of the bull or I'm sorry, coming in at the end of games like that. You know, you you want that guy that's got that 
high velocity and just impact pitch, and I, I think he can do it. Um, you know, he he hasn't allowed a run since uh, the beginning of June. You know, he's um, he's had six straight scoreless appearances at seven innings total. Um, uh, he ha- he did have a three walk game, and um, you know that that is a concern. But uh, you know, it, it's there's to me no one else in the bullpen um, is a sure thing. So uh, I, I I like putting in the guy that's got that just in intensity like that. And then my other option, I, I actually was um, surprised you to mention him. I, I would not mind throwing Ranger Suarez in this situation because he has had the best season in that bullpen. And who knows? Well, it's, it's funny you, you brought him up because I, I talked about him uh, a while ago. And I, I believe you mentioned um, the fact that you like the way he's pitching so well. I, I figured he would be a guy that you would like the fact that you can use him in all spots. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I but I, I just think a guy's value in the bullpen, it's if you can be the closer, be the closer. And then but if there's already a guy that's, you know, got that closer's role locked up, then you you know you, you use him as a you know fill him in kind of guy. But um because the Phillies are in the situation they're in right now where at least it sounds like we agree that it's clear that they need a new closer. If if it's not going to go to Alvarado, I would like to see Suarez get a shot. I mean, he is he's been he has already been put into, you know, he's been put into situations where he's got to go three innings. He's got to he's been put into situations where he's getting the last out of the inning. He's going to against you know two runners on and one out, and he's performed in all of them. And I just think that um, you know if you're not going to go with it with a guy like Archie Bradley who has experience, if you're not going to go with a guy like Alvarado who's got that you know huge arm. Um, Suarez, I think, has shown um, at least this season that he is deserving of a of a of, a, of an opportunity of an opportunity. And you know, you do take away an arm that could be a starter, and it's just I mean, he, he, the cycle continues as far as you know uh, what you're going to do with the rotation and different yeah. parts of the uh, pitching of this team. But yeah, I I, I, well, I guess we'll see tomorrow because. I don't know if anybody's going to ask Girardi, and I don't know if Girardi's going to have an answer. And uh, who knows? Girardi may even decide that Nara stays in this closure. You know, he he said yesterday he was going to give it a day and reevaluate. So, um, you know, who knows now, when we'll find out. Go ahead. Uh, how about I'm going to throw in another name he, who we haven't heard from recently because he's been on the the IL, but uh, Kinsler. Uh, no, nah, I'm not a fan. I just, I don't, I haven't seen anything this season. I, you know, I, I, I do not fault this team whatsoever for signing him. I, you know, he's had a track record of performing very well and, 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 um, you know, has had a pretty lengthy career of, um, consistent gameplay and it's just not there this year. And I don't know if, I don't know if that's just an age thing. I don't know if his ability is kind of slipping a little bit, but there's been nothing, at least in all the guys we've mentioned so far, Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado, Connor Brogdon, Ranger Suarez, there's been glimpses of, okay, this guy is showing that he can really be a, a dominant pitcher. I can't recall a, a game where um, Kinsler looked particularly dominant. Of course, he's he's had his scoreless outings, but I mean, uh-huh. right now he's, he's sitting at an ERA of over eight, and um, he's let up his fair share of um, of home runs and. Yeah, yeah, he's very boomer bust. I will give you that. I'm looking at his yeah. game log. He, he has stretches of, of, you know, clean innings, and uh-huh. then every maybe fourth or fifth game he'll give up a three run, and then a three yeah. runs, and then four runs. So uh, I'll give you that that he is he is very he's been very boomer boomer bust for uh, this team this year. Yeah, he's I he'll, when he, when he does come back he'll be sort of what Archie Bradley's been doing recently, where you just kind of stick him in different roles and. Let him get himself built back up, and then, you know, I think eventually Bradley, if he's not, if he doesn't become the closer, he'll become a seventh, eighth inning guy, and, um, you know, Kinsler hopefully could do the same. But, um, yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, not this game was not getting much easier for the Phillies as uh, we head into these next couple weeks. Uh, as I said, tomorrow they've got the uh, the double header. I believe one of the games will be started by Aranola, and the other one by Matt Moore. And uh, they have two more games over the weekend against the against the Mets, I believe. And Degrom is starting that Saturday game against Zach Wheeler. So uh, runs may be uh, it may be a, likely a one nothing game in that one because um, I mean Degrom has shown no signs of of slowing up, and you know despite the 
the hiccup game there for um for uh Zach Wheeler, it's uh um I I'm still confident that he could perform well. Although now as I'm looking at the schedule, the Wheeler's actually gonna go Sunday. So Saturday we'll see DeGrom against Eflin and I don't know. I mean we talked about Eflin earlier and he hasn't uh really pitched to what anybody was mm-hmm. hoping for. So um yep. this... and then Sunday we see an old friend. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Jared Eichhoff getting the start for the Mets and going. He will be going up against Zach Wheeler. So, uh, and the Mets are the first place team right now. They're not exactly running away with it. They do have a four game cushion, but um, you know this is the first first place team in in the in the division. And um, then on Monday, the Phillies head out to uh, to make up that game against Cincinnati, and then they come home uh, to take on Miami and San Diego. So. Uh, yeah, not uh, no let up right now. There's uh, there's there's a lot of heavy hitters coming in, and um, yeah, this uh, we could be talking about a, a last place team. In all honesty, at the end of this, and obviously nobody wants that, but um, mm-hmm. if if things don't improve, it, it it could get uh, could get much uglier. So uh, I normally I ask for uh, predictions for the <laughs> upcoming games, Bob, but I I won't put that pressure on you. But I am curious if you. Is there any light? Do you see any reason to think that um, you know this 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 road trip and next few games won't be um, more of the same? Um, I mean, as of right now, I think it's going to be yeah more of the same. Um, do they have the ability to turn it around? Absolutely, I think they have the ability to turn it around. I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. I'm saying that because I've seen uh, individual players have their moments this season. Uh, we've seen we were have a great stretch. We've seen the Vince Vasquez's great stretch. We've seen Noah uh, be good, you know, sporadically here and there. Um, they just haven't been consistent, uh, even in the offensive side of things. Um, so I, 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 you know, this team has been very frustrating. We talked about how frustrating they've been to watch. It's because they have um, the ability to put it all together and to really click but they don't seem to do so. So, uh, no, I don't feel great about this next stretch. Um, but who knows? Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Um, and as far as the Grom goes, I think, you know, you know we'll, we'll probably talk about, you know, closer to the All-Star game, maybe our midseason predictions for end-of-year uh, end awards. But um, the Grom, if I'm a voter, he's getting my vote right now for Cy Young and MVP. Yep, um, because yep. he has just had an unbelievable season, um, and it's just even though he's a Met, um, I've seen a lot of his starts, and it's been very fun to watch him pitch. Yeah, I am normally not a fan of pitchers winning both the Cy Young and the MVP, just just because I you know I like to see the offensive guys get recognition. But there's a very solid chance that in both leagues we see a pitcher uh, yeah. win both awards with Shohei Otani. Yeah. In LA, I mean, it's. Yeah, it's I, I was going to say the same thing. The the, the it's, a, it's a strong possibility. I think both uh, guys are deserving of both awards, yep. uh, at least at this stage. Um, and just the, the you know the last week, talking about uh, Shohei, the last week uh, Shohei has had of uh, you know a, gr- a great start, and I think he's hit like four home runs in the past mm-hmm. week. Yep. Uh, it's just been unbelievable to watch. I was texting my other friends the other day. I said. Man, I wish this guy was on a better team because <laughs> I think yep. the uh, the word on him would be more widespread. Oh yeah, um, but uh, it's been fun, and and as of right now, uh, I agree. I would vote for both of them to win both awards yep. if that, if my vote was on due today. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Despite yeah, like I said, I, I normally am not a fan of that, but there's no denying either one of them. So, well, at least uh, you know, at least we'll be able to. Tell future children or whoever else that we got to see Degrom, you know, pitch in in person or on TV or whatever, because he's he's just that special of a guy right now. Um, so, well, thank you for everybody for listening. Sorry that Degrom is not on the Phillies, but uh, you know, and, and who knows? Maybe this this weekend the Phillies somehow pull off a sweep and we're all just ecstatic going into the next week, or maybe they get swept and things are looking. Not so great for the team, but we'll we'll uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, yeah, like Bob said, we'll we'll start to get an all star talk and maybe talk about our you know uh, 
halfway uh, votes yeah. for all the awards. And um, oh my god, I just realized that the next day off for the Phillies is the day before the All Star game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Jesus Christ, which by, way, just, which by the way, they're off today. The Mets are off today, but they decided to make tomorrow a doubleheader, which. I don't understand that decision, but um, you know it is what it is. I guess with the seven innings now, they figure it's better to have two seven inning games rather than split the two games up over two days. But whatever, that's not. Oh, uh, God. That's a <laughs> stretch. Yeah, there's already enough to to worry about with this team. I'm not. Uh, I guess complaining about the schedule is just uh, too much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, thank you everyone for listening. We will uh, we will return next time and. Uh, Hopefully with some more positive things to talk about. So uh, enjoy the weekend and uh, see you next time.